Oh God, we give you praise and we give you glory. We give you honor for there is no one like you. There is no God like our God. And we just want to worship you this day. Oh God, we give you all the praise. We extol you. We adore you. We exalt you. We lift you up. You are high and lifted up. You are great and greatly to be praised. Inhabit this place. Allow us to hear a word from you. And Father, when all is said and done, we promise we'll give you all the praise, the honor, and the glory. For you alone are worthy. And it's in the worthy name of Jesus we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We serve a great God. As we move into our message, we are talking about born identity. Turn in your Bibles with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And I'll read verse 18. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18. And in the New King James Version of the Bible, it reads like this. I will be a father to you. And you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Today's message is entitled, Who's Your Daddy? Who's Your Daddy? We all have different kinds of family. We all have different memories and and most of us have had some kind of drama in the family. Am I right or wrong? I mean, Christian families, worldly families, them families, our families, every family has some kind of something in it. And the thing about it, the families that we are given, we don't have any say over them. We just kind of came and we were here. I mean, and when we got here, we already had a mom and a dad. We didn't have any say in the family that we were born to. We couldn't choose where they lived or how much money they made. We couldn't choose whether they were rich or poor. We didn't have a choice. We were just here. I remember when we were growing up, there was this boy who was adopted. And some of the kids were making fun of him and giving him a hard time because he was adopted. And I remember my father shutting all of us up because he said, you know what? You are chosen. You see all these kids around here? Us parents, we got stuck with them. But out of all the kids in the whole wide world, your parents chose you. You were adopted. You are special. And that was my own daddy talking like that. So I was standing there thinking, well, man, I wish I was adopted. I wish I was special. I wish I was chosen. I mean, doesn't everybody want to be chosen? 
Do you all remember being on the schoolyard when it was time to play kickball or, or it was time to play dodgeball and they would always have two captains and you would hope you were the captain so you could do the choosing instead of standing there hoping to be chosen. And then the picking would start. And unless my best friend was the team captain, I didn't get picked first. I wasn't very athletic, and, and it was a painful kind of thing to just sit there and go like this, then this, then this, then this, just looking at everybody else being chosen. And then finally, they said my name, and finally I would walk on to a team, but everybody wants to be chosen. And even if you were last, it, there was some kind of relief when you heard your name, like Andrew, like, oh, finally, finally, I am chosen. The Bible tells us of one of those kind of picking sessions. In 1 Samuel, we hear a story about David. And everybody knows who David is. Even if you don't know, you know David and Goliath, that David. David is famous, but it wasn't always so. We don't know the name of his sisters and his brothers. We don't know anybody else really in his family. But back in the day, nobody cared about or thought about David. They decided that uh, God decided that he would anoint someone as king and he sent the prophet Samuel. He went to the city of Bethlehem and saw the elders sitting at the gate and said, prepare yourselves. There's going to be a sacrifice, a great feast. And then they invited Jesse, who was David's father, and said, bring all your boys to this great feast. We are going to anoint a king. And so all the boys got excited and they put on their best suits and they made sure they stood up straight and that they had a little swagger when they walked. And the Bible says that each of Jesse's boys walked across before Samuel. And when Samuel saw these brothers, he's like, whoa, the king of the Lord must be standing before me. And God was like, nope, that's not him. That's not him. That's not him. That's not him. So they've gotten down to the last one, and we haven't found him yet. Now, Samuel probably went to go in his prayer closet like, God, are you sure? Because we've been through everybody. God, you want to take another look? Because you told me to ask these people. And he said, no, uh, none of these are the one. And so Samuel probably comes in. <laughs> you know, this is embarrassing, but do you have any more kids? And even Jesse is thinking like, oh, that's about it. Oh, we do have one more. He out in the field. We hardly let him come in. They completely forgot about David. David was out in the field, and he wasn't even invited. He wasn't thought about. Nobody mentioned him. Imagine how David had to feel when he comes to the feast, looking at everybody's place with bones on them, the food cold, the greens pot only got pot liquor in it. 
only a crusty corner, the macaroni and cheese. Only thing that's left is broccoli. And he don't even like broccoli. I mean, he gets there, and I can just imagine. It looks like they had a party without him, and nobody thought to tell him. Imagine what it had to feel like. And even though nobody chose David, nobody was thinking about David, the Bible says that God chose David. The Bible says that God put his hand on David, and that's why David wrote Psalm 27, verse 10. Let's turn to that. I want everybody to read that one. Psalm 27, verse 10. That's going to be one of those that we say together. You all have it? Okay, let's read it together. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Hallelujah. David said, that's all right. Y'all can forget about me. When he asked about the sons, Y'all can forget I exist. That's all right. When my mama and daddy forget me, the Lord will take me up. Turn to your neighbor and say, who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? Because this is the thing. God is choosing you. God chose you you. He wants you to be his son. He wants you to be his daughter. And the great thing about it is that God is like any, unlike any other parent you have ever met. And half of it is, is that he's not going to go all crazy mama on you. God gives you a choice. He's chose you but in this instance, he gives you a choice of whether or not you're going to let him be your daddy. I mean, he's not going to go be like your mama. No, you're you going to be my child. I don't care what you say because I said so. But God is not like that. God chose you, but he respects you enough to see if you will choose him. So this great God has something great for you, but he even allows you to take a part in the whole process. This is huge. Because no matter what kind of daddy you had, no, kind, no matter what kind of mom you had, whether your dad was absentee, whether he was abusive, whether he was low down or on the down low, whether he was a rolling stone, God promises that he will be a rock. He promises that he will be there for you. Even if you had a good father, God is not going to be like him because God is great. And so the God that we serve is calling us to be in a relationship with him. And if you're going to have a new father, then you got to have a new mind. You've got to be renewed in your mind. Otherwise, you're going to think he is like every other father you've met. 
See, that's why some of us get messed up in our relationships. We meet one bad person, and then we think that everybody else is going to be like that. You, you, one man hurts you, and you think all men are dogs. And even if they being nice, you just holding out waiting. I know he's going to slip up. I know he's going to do something because he a man. That's how we get messed up. And that's why we need our minds renewed. Because you are coming into a new relationship and it is going to be unlike any other relationship you have ever experienced. And so you don't have to bring all of the baggage. You don't have to bring all of the pain. You don't have to bring all of the hurt with you. God wants to heal you. So even with God, God is not going to be like the devil. See, the devil is a mean taskmaster. When you're doing good, he in your head like, it's not good enough. You better come on, bring it up, bring it up. When you're doing bad, then he said, I know you was bad. I knew you wasn't nothing but a low down something, something. And a lot of times when we come to God, we think that it's the same rules, just a different master. So that even when you do good, you're thinking, well, God is thinking I'm not doing good enough because, I mean, I should have got up earlier. I should have prayed longer. I should have gave more. I should have did this, 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 this. And when you do bad, you're thinking that God is saying, you just this, you just that. You're just a sinner, and I'm going to make you drink a cup of my wrath. Y'all don't have to say amen. I know I'm preaching. But God is not like that. This God is so loving. This God is so kind. This God hooked this relationship up so that while you were still in sin, Christ died. The Bible says that while you were an enemy to God, he laid his life down. Now, we can see somebody doing that for one of their kids. We can see somebody doing that for a spouse or a loved one. But we could barely stand an enemy. We sure ain't going to lay down for one. But the Bible says that God loved us so much that while we were enemies, he died. And if this God treats his enemies like that, imagine how he treats his friends. If this God treats his enemies like that, imagine how he treats his children. I'm trying to tell you that this is unlike any other God you have met. But the thing about it is you have to know that. Just like I talked about on last week, May Walls, the lady whose family was in slavery until 1961. You all remember that? You'll have to read, if you, if you missed it, you'll have to read about it in People Magazine, March 26, 2007. But that family was on a plantation. They worked on a plantation, and the owners of the plantation never informed them that slavery was over. Up through 1961, they still kept them in chains. There was no um, there was no water, there was no electricity, they were still beaten, they were still raped, they were in slavery. And when she 
ran away and became free, she thought that all white people were like the ones she just left. She needed her mind renewed. And so I can imagine when she was on her first job at the restaurant, when she did something wrong, she probably flinched because she thought somebody was about to hit her. And she said she couldn't understand how everybody was so nice to her. Many times when you, are, when you have been in a bad relationship, you mess it up and you view things so differently that you're not even able to enjoy the good things that are coming your way. And God has this thing hooked up so that great things can come your way. But you have got to understand and realize that our God is unlike any other God. Some of us will never say it out loud, but a lot of times we think that God acts differently than he does. Sometimes we feel like God is just another devil there to accuse us, there to get on us, there to make us feel bad about ourselves, send us trials and tribulations. And if we do bad, he turns his back on us till we can get it right. And if we can manage to get it together, then God will want to be bothered with us. But God is not like that. God is showing us that he is unlike anything else we have seen. So the question is, if God loves us no matter what, why do I feel so bad when I mess up? Why do I feel like this? If God really loves me, why am I experiencing so many things? And I know it messes with us, even when we come to church, and half the time we don't want to come to church because we feel like we've messed up, we've jammed up, and we know that God wants to do something, or at least we think that. And we're thinking, God, well, if I've done this, and, and if I've done that, how can I still be your child? What I want to do is give you all like a, a biology lesson. Or, or better yet, have you all ever watched Maury Povich? Because Maury does it too. When people confuse about who their daddy is. Oh, y'all yes, oh, been saved so long that y'all never heard of Maury Povich. Okay, well, let me tell you about Maury Povich. This is for all my saved folk. He has a talk show, and sometimes people are confused about who their baby daddy is. So they decide that they're going to go on national TV and prove that so-and-so is the daddy. Now, the brother could be like, I'm not the daddy. And they'd be like, yes, you are. Look, he looks just like you and, and all that kind of thing. Or they, she could swear this is not his child. I don't care what they say. People could say whatever they want. They can do whatever they want. But the proof is in the blood. Now that'll preach right there. That'll preach right there. The proof is in the blood. Now I wish that Maury Povich could be here today 
to help some of y'all out who don't know who's your daddy. But today, we have something even better. We have Maggie Ponich. Maggie Ponich. And she's going to help some people who are confused. We're about to go to the Maggie show. Is that all right? Come on and put your hands together for Maggie Pony. Thank you, thank you so, so much. As you know, as she said, this is the Maggie P Show. And we have a guest today that is so frustrated and, and because people have been lying about who their daddy is. And you know about how that goes. I'd like to welcome to the stage, Lou. Come on out here, Lou. Have a seat. Sit right there. I'm going to sit right beside you, Lou. All right now. All right. Tell me what's on your mind today, Lou. Well, Maggie, you know, truth be told, I'm on the show today because I'm frustrated by delusional people who like to say that certain people are their fathers. You know what I'm saying? I hear you. No, 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 no. You, you hear me, but America, you really need to hear me on this because, see, I see these delusional people every week when I go to church. Yeah, you understand what I'm saying? You know where I'm coming, right? I so what I'm look. saying is they like to say that God, this holy God, this righteous God is their father. You know, and when they come to church, this is what really gets me. They act all so holy. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. But the look. stuff that they do, you know what I'm saying? These hypocrites, these actors put the ug in ugly. You know what I'm saying? And, and the thing is sometimes they don't even wait till they leave church. Just, just step on one of their feet. You know what I'm saying? Just cross them the wrong way in the church parking lot, or they will get down and do some nasty, dirty, filthy stuff. And then, you know, the thing that really gets me What's that? is they try to put this on a holy God. Why are they going to lie on God like that? Well, you know, look, I got some guests here, too. Two guests here. Uh-huh. Uh, we have Jamal and Amanda. Come on out, Amanda and J Jamal. Come on out. Oh. How are you doing today, guys? Have a seat, please. Have a seat. Can you move down a little bit, Lou? I'll move down, all right. So oh, how, how are you doing man. today? Oh, I am too blessed to be Hallelujah. Oh, my God. How about you, Jamal? Tell us how you're doing today. Everything she said. Okay. Oh, I'm so sorry. How you doing, brother? All right, have we met? No, I know you, brother. You look familiar to me. Have we met? No. I don't ever forget a face. Matter of fact, I know you. Um, you like to you like browsing on the internet, don't you? Uh, as a matter of fact, this brother, I think I even I know you so well. I know your websites, brother. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's all Walt Disney up until about 10 o'clock when his wife and children go to bed. What's that website that you always go to? Right on 10 every night, man, when wife and children go to bed. It's, uh, what's the name of it, my man? Come on. Uh, 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 what, what? FreakyFreaky.com. <laughs> yeah. And make sure you bring your baby oil. I, I, I don't know what you're talking about, man. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh, mm-hmm. Freaky, freaky. 
Whatever. What's the song say? The freaks come out at Whatever. night at 10 o'clock. Whatever. Look, Christian. I've got one more guest. And I'd like to introduce him. Wait, 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 wait. I, I can't forget the lady. Well. That curses like a man. Let, let me tell you about this gutter trash mouth right here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. All on me, baby girl. You better, you better drink that yourself. And it better be 150 proof if you, if you know what I mean. This one right here. Oh, nasty, nasty mouth that she got. Let me tell you something. Forget about the queens of comedy. She could write for the queens and kings of comedy. No. She curses more than the third, seventh, and fifth fleet put together. And I know because I was in the Navy. Oh, yeah. And you got something to say? Yeah, I got something to say. Nasty old hypocrite. Well, I'm going to introduce my third guest about Oh, you, I can do this all day. This all, all day. day. I got nothing I but time. Bring the guest out. The Almighty God. <laughs> well, I said the Almighty God. You know what? <laughs> I thought when I booked this show, uh, America, this, I thought this was like a half an hour format. This is an hour format, right? Almighty God. Yeah, yeah, it's our format. You know what? I think I got to roll. What's, what's the other way out of here? You know, me and God are cool because we, we knew each other from like way, way back. <laughs> I got that fight, bro. Nice to you.
And the church said, Amen. Amen. So it doesn't matter what you've done. It's not based on what you've done. It's based on the blood. Nothing can separate you from the Father's love. The Bible says in Romans 8, verse 38 and 39, For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate you from the Father's love. You are a child of God, and it is not based on what you've done, but it is based on what God did. You are related by the blood, and nothing can change that. Now, we all know, real talk, that just because you're related to somebody don't mean you got to like them. I mean, everybody got some, you know, crazy person in their family. Everybody got an uncle so-and-so or an aunt so-and-so. And if you can't think of nobody, then your family thinking about you. We all have somebody in our family that sometimes, yeah, we related and nothing can change that, but we might not like what they do. And just because God is our father doesn't mean he likes everything that we do. Now, I haven't found a parent who likes everything their child does. I haven't found a kid that likes everything their parents do either. God says, because I am your father, because I love you, I will correct you. Because I love you, I accept you just the way you are. But I love you too much to leave you the way that you are. As a parent, you always want your child to grow up to be the best man or the best woman they can be. God desires to make us better than we are. And he's the only parent who has all the resources to make that dream a reality. So as his child, he can make a miracle out of you. You won't even see, they won't even see you coming. God begins to work in your life and changing things and doing things. You will not even recognize yourself when you look in the mirror. Because God can take you and make something beautiful of your life. The Bible says the ending of a thing is better than the beginning. The Bible says that he who began a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. And 
so when you enter into partnership with God, what's to come is better than what's been. So when Jesus was on the earth, he told a story about a daddy. A daddy who had two sons. This story is found in Luke 15, and many people call this story the prodigal son story. But it really is the story of the loving father. This father had two sons. And one of them told his father one day, I wish you were dead. I wish you were dead so I could have my inheritance and be away from all of y'all. Because y'all all all get on my nerves. I wish that you were dead. As a matter of fact, for both of our sakes, let's pretend that you are. Give me my inheritance now and we can part ways forever. I can't imagine what it feels like to be a parent and have that kind of conversation with your son or daughter. I can't imagine the self-control it takes to not knock them out where they stand. But this is the story of a loving father. And so the boy got his inheritance, and the dad had to sit there and watch him pack up all of the boy's stuff and all of the dad's stuff too. He got it, and he left. The Bible says that he went to a far, far country. And when he got there, he bought a new wardrobe. He got new designer clothes. He threw the greatest parties. He had the most friends. He was always around people who liked him. Liked him, they loved him as long as he could make it rain. Long as he had money. It was all good. But he ran through that money so fast. And then folk ran out on him so fast. He didn't know what to do. I mean, he still was the best dressed brother around, so he could still find a place to stay. But it didn't take long for all the sisters to find out that he ain't had no job, he ain't had no money. And he was just using them. He tried to get jobs. He looked apart, but he was so immature he couldn't act apart. He was the best dressed bum in the city. And eventually he realized he got to sell some of these clothes so that he can eat. He was finally able to find a job feeding pigs. And it wasn't like no zookeeper job. It wasn't no respectable, good kind of, you know, habitat job. It was more like a dig in the trash and find something for the pigs to eat. You stinking worse than they stinking, and they looking at you and laughing kind of job. The Bible says that he was so messed up that he was jealous of the pigs. He was looking at the trash that they were eating and wishing that he could get some of that. He was so messed up. And the Bible says in Luke 15, verse 17, that finally, 
finally, he came to himself. It was there while he was looking at them old nasty pigs that he remembered who he was. Who's your daddy? It was there that he realized, why am I sitting here looking at these pigs? Why am I sweating pigs? Do you know who I am? He began to remember his father. He began to remember his born identity. The Bible says he came to himself. But then he remembered that last conversation. He remembered telling his daddy he wished he was dead. He remembered telling his daddy that he was no longer his son. He knew he didn't have a father anymore. I bet a tear began to sting his cheek when he thought about this whole situation. But he decided, yo, if I'm not a son, maybe I could at least be a servant. Because the servants live better than this. So that was his plan. He would go back home and ask his dad for a job. Maybe he could sweep the caboose. And so he began his journey. He didn't know how it was going to end, but he began. I know with each step he was feeling more and more ashamed. I know that with his walk, it was different. He didn't have the same swagger that he had when he left. Now he was feeling sorry. He made it near the town, and he saw somebody walking towards him. No, and they were running, and, and he felt like he knew that run. He knew that old limp. As a matter of fact, he helped to create that limp. Because he remembers the times when they would be playing basketball and dad thought he had moves, but he would break his ankles every time. He created that limp. And dad came running and limping to him. His arms were out kind of funny. He thought maybe dad was going to hit him. And so as he came close, he flinched, but God hugged him. Jesus was telling a story of the heavenly father. The father hugged him. He began his speech. He, he said, Father, I know that I've sinned, and, and, and I've sinned against you, and I've sinned against heaven, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But right there in the middle of the thing, the father shut him down, said, bring my designer suit. Say, no son of mine going to be standing up here without a little bling, bling. Bring the ring, too. Bring the shoes. Hook him up. Somebody go warm up the barbecue. We finna have a party up in here. Because my son, who was dead, remember he said, I know I'm not even worthy to be called your son. And if you read it, I like the way he said it. He said, this, my son, is here. He was dead and is alive again. Do you all understand that everything this boy looked for in the far country, he found with his father? 
in the far country, he looked a mess. But when he came home to daddy, he was clothed in designer clothes. All he wanted was the greatest party, and daddy was about to throw it for him. And now, finally, he would be around real people who really loved him. Everything he was looking for in the far country, he found in the father's house. Wow! The son must be thinking, Wow, what manner of love is this that I should be called this man's son? What's really going on here? How can I be your son? How can I be your son after what I said? How can I be your son after what I did? But it wasn't based on that. It was based on the blood. Said, as long as my blood runs through your veins, hallelujah, you are still my child. And the Bible says that God wants to be our father. The Bible says that he wants us as his sons and daughters. And Romans 8 verse 17 says that if we're children, then we're heirs. That means we have a royal inheritance. That means we have riches untold. That means we have love overflowing. That means we have joy unspeakable. That means we have peace beyond understanding. That means we have mercies that are new every morning. That means we have righteousness that runs like a river. We have forgiveness that flows like a flood. We have hope springing up eternal. God hooked us up. But we have got to know that we are still his child. In the quietness of this moment, we're going to watch another video reminding us that we are still God's child. <laughs> was trying hard to break and every time he thought it got better he would make another mistake though he knows he's far from perfect he is trying to live right he asked me to ask you further would you hear his prayer tonight he said tell him that I 
said not so good lately then i told her girl you know you can always talk to me she said these days haven't been so happy haven't had much peace of mind now i know that i should For as many as received him, to him he gave the right to become the sons of God. God is looking for some people in here to receive Christ this day. You have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You've been doing stuff out in the far country. You've been doing your own thing but God is calling you. God wants you to be his child. He chose you, but this is unlike any other parental relationship. You have to make a choice too. He's not gonna make you do it. He has life for you, but you have to accept it. If you have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you want to today. You don't want to go another second without being in the loving family of God. I want you to raise your hand. You want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 
Now, those of you who raised your hand, I want you all to come, come down front. I want to have a special prayer with you. If you raise your hand because you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Now, I thought that you all would be a little more excited than that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. You can have this spot right here. Shall we pray? Our gracious Heavenly Father, I know heaven is having a party right now. Lord, we bless you and we praise you for each and every one of these individuals who have given their lives to you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would bless them, that you would allow your spirit to be with them and on them. Father, they have decided that you will be their father, that you will be their master. I pray that you would keep them. I pray that you would bless them. I pray that you would protect them. In the name of Jesus, cover them with the blood of Jesus. Forgive them of their sins, O oh God, and allow them to walk in the newness of life. Make each and every one of them the best boys and girls, men and women they can be. And Father, when all is said and done, I know they'll have a spot in your kingdom. And so we praise God now for the wonderful work that you have done in their lives. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen and amen. I praise God for each and every one of you all.